this, this, and that. That's the correct order. Fantastic. Only what, like 70-something episodes? Uh, 72, specifically. Ooh. Yes. You're our 72nd uh, episode. Not our 72nd guest, though. That's a little bit different. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Cruising the Planet. I'm your host, Ethan Miller. Um, oh, I guess I'll let this song do a little more of an intro. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's a, it's not as well produced as some of our other works, Kyle. I will let you know. You can relax <laughs> on this one. I see you've already taken your jacket off. Get nice and comfy. Don't even sweat it. If I... I didn't even have my notes set up for this. That's totally fine. Uh, okay. I can, We're I can casual. Do, yeah, it's casual. Like I said, <laughs> I didn't prepare anything ahead of time for this one specific uh, specific show. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Cruising the Planet, episode 72. Uh, today, we are joined by extra special guest, someone I've been doing a lot of work with in the past couple of months, Kyle Cruz. You can say hi to the people. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on, uh, and appreciate all your hard work uh, with Charlton Athletics, Ethan. I was about... Yeah, let... Uh, before we get into that, we also have to say we have Cole on. Hello. Cole is here again. I believe you've been off for a couple of weeks. I have, but so. now I'm here to talk about what all I don't know about sports, I think. Uh, well, okay. Uh, you That's don't what I'm here for, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There we go. So, uh, as we've kind of alluded to, Kyle is, uh, as I like to say, a play-by-play artist. And athletics department graduate assistant for marketing is your sort of official title here as a, a graduate student. You're also one of the most talented voices at, in the athletics department from my personal perspective. Very appreciative uh, of that, Ethan. I think let's uh, let's be a little loose on the artist uh, part. Of oh, myself, no. I uh, I try my with best. Your voice. Yo, I, I appreciate that. No, I'm just blessed to be in the spot I'm in, and you know, uh, at Tarleton now for my fifth year. And I, I like I said, the opportunity I was given the women's basketball, I've kind of run with that a mm-hmm. little bit. I've been uh, you know blessed to work with some great people uh, like my boss Casey Hogan and then mm-hmm. Byron Anderson, who also you hear uh, on the airwaves for Tarleton Athletics. So yeah, like I said, I, I just I'm, I feel very blessed to be in the. Play place I'm at and uh, in what is really right now a flourishing time uh, not just for Tarleton Athletics but really Tarleton uh, as a whole institution right now. Yeah we've got uh, currently we're move- we've moved into D1 and so we have a lot more sports that we've been doing. Uh, the relationship that Kyle and I have hold is that Kyle is the play-by-play person. He goes out and does all of the talking that you're very familiar with. If you've ever listened to uh, 100.7, whenever I've alluded to meet myself doing board operations uh, for different baseball games or uh, softball games or women's basketball games, that you've more than likely heard Kyle's voice before. And uh, the board op- for every play-by-play person, you need at least one board op. And so that's sort of the partnership that we have built over the last couple of months was uh, was a level of Kyle's the voice and I'm the technical side of things. Well, and I say that I'm blessed just to be a part of Tarleton, Tarleton Athletics. We're blessed with the partnership we have with you, uh, Lance, and everyone here um, at KTRL and KXTR. You know, y'all are what helped bring us to the Tarleton community and to the right. Stephenville community. Without y'all, we don't have the platform that we have. And so, yeah, like I said, on that front as well, I couldn't ask for a better partnership uh, with you guys. Y'all have always been super, you know, negotiable with, with the things y'all need done. And y'all are always very easy to work with. And, you know, that's something that kind of gets overlooked in this industry um, a little bit is kind of the partnership between a station affiliate and then an athletic department or, you know, a professional entity. And uh, that's something you always want to be smooth. And it is smooth here on the home front. We try we try to be very, very pleasant to work with. There are There's always a chance that... Something goes awry. We try and we manage both the stream and the downloads and the, the pregame Why and post game shows at the man. same. They are. They are. They're very stressful. There's being a that play there's by a play person. Yeah. There's a level of like, it's just out of my. Con- I've had multiple okay. times where you've given me. I've had. Uh, I believe Byron would give a phone call to you, and then you would text me in between, like literally having conversations about very technical dealings in one minute, like intervals while all the ads are playing in between sports event in between like sports plays of women's basketball games or softball games and there are moments when it's just it's just out of your hands but then other times it'll be great where it's like we have no problem for three games in a row everything's totally fine i could do do it in my sleep it's funny that you bring that up because there's always kind of that verbiage of like chain of command i feel like in a live event it's more of like a chain of demand there's all these different people (laughs) that 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 are involved in in this in this and and, that is so true and and everyone holds kind of an equal part if you're not doing your job here how are how are we gonna be able to get the people what i'm saying on on side but the flip side of it is if i can't give you the levels if i can't give you the kind of production you need 
right. it, it's kind of twentyfold, you know, yeah. b- both ways. So and and then you have other people like Byron, like Casey, you know, Lance on your front. Mm-hmm. If you have something go wrong, all these people, the clock never really stops no. w- w- when athletics is going because while you might not be board opping a game. Lance might need you to be over in one studio helping with something else to pick up some slack until yeah. he's able to go over, or vice versa. There could be a day where Lance, he's off with the, with the wife and kids, and then, well, he's got to have his phone by because if something happens. Yeah. And, and once again, I think, but the thing to remember about it is if you enjoy your job and you enjoy the people you're mm-hmm. working with, you know, it's not demanding in a sense, but in, in, in a way, you just kind of always have to be ready for that call and ready to pitch in and, ch- and chip in and help in whatever way you yeah. can. I know for a fact you have messaged me three times, I think, and it might not have been you specifically, but I've had three messages where I'm in bed. I am, like, ready for a nap or, like, going into that post charcuterie board sleep that <laughs> oh, dude, you get, oh and I get a message just like, you at the station? And I just go... I'm on my way. I'm putting I'm putting pants on. I'm putting boots on. I'm I'm running to the truck. I'm like driving to the station and you're like, "All right, all, we're all good. Everything's set up." And I'm sitting there just like, "Okay, now I sit and just like sit here." Cuz like one one thing of board op, there there's no you'll never see a board op position. And so I I feel like I want I now is my chance to sort of explain the bit is I sit here at the station. I have one microphone that is completely off air to talk directly into Kyle's ear. Kyle has his uh, whatever connection he's using. Sometimes they use the tie line, the Merlin, the um, the old Comrex uh, mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all encoder systems that come to our our area. And then I just play him over the air, and that's all I do. I just sit there and wait for him to say his couple of different lines that he says, and then I play one minute of ads every every so often. It is very much a, ga- a game of like. I sit here and I just stare at the ceiling and when I hear the thing, I do this and this and this. And then I press this one more time. And then I move the mouse. And I tell him coming back to you. I turn my mic back off. I don't talk for another 10 minutes. I turn every I reverse everything. And that's it. Seems, it. it seems very uneventful until it's extremely eventful. And that's wrong that's exactly happens. the thing is it's a, it's a job of maintenance. Where on Kyle's end, Kyle is constantly talking. Every single point that is made, every free throw, every every single at bat, every run, every play is constantly being being broadcasted. The mm-hmm. idea is that you you are really filling time the whole bit. Uh, on my end, I'm there in case something goes wrong. Whenever we go to a break, then Kyle tell me, Ethan, the stream is echoing. I now have one minute to fix that problem. Otherwise. I, it is going to persist until the next time that the game allows us to communicate and check when things are broken. Mm. And so I, I, it is like a, it is a situation of maintenance type job. It is very much like while you're board hopping, everything's totally smooth sailing until it's not. I got to step in, and not to say that you're downplaying your role, but I, 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 I don't, <laughs> it does I don't seem like that. I, like, I, I, oh, you I, don't do anything. There's I, not I, a lot I do though. I, I, but, but seriously, when you look at it, I can't tell you how much more secure you feel on site. You know, and, and I've had it from both sides. You know, mm. I worked uh, when I was at TCU doing my undergrad. Oh, that's you know, right. I was, you, I was, you were at TCU as well. I, I worked. I was had the pleasure of working three baseball seasons there mm-hmm. and there typically you have student board ops that's right. how it works now once you get into the postseason you get into summer once kids have kind of dissipated mm-hmm. then you start getting the paid kids who've done it over and over and over and you there's a little more comfortability there but knowing that i have you or that i have lance or even Jarrett who comes in here and helps out these are yeah. these are these are all people that like I said, there it's just a level of security on site, knowing that I don't have to worry about the station. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about things mm-hmm. going wrong there because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong here, I can do a great job at the venue, but we're not getting the information to anybody. Right. And knowing that we have you guys to lean on here, not only to bring the information, but to make sure that we're you know getting quality audio, mm-hmm. that you know we're kind of bringing the kind of product we need to yeah. our fan base. Like I said, don't downplay the role because as, as a play-by-play broadcaster on site, you know, while at times guys like myself, Casey, Byron, who have done this a long time, we make it kind of sound, I'm not even going to use the word easy because nothing about it in a sense is easy. Every game is different, you know, every storyline is different, all those things. That's fair. It comes fluid. It, 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 it's, it's a comfortability mm-hmm. of having been on the air. You know, every single time you see that red light come on again, mm-hmm. you're that much more comfortable behind the mic mm-hmm. and understanding how to do it. But you got the, the internal clock and the in the internal kind of hamster wheel, so to speak. It's always spinning. Right. It's always spinning. Yeah. And knowing that y'all are one thing we don't have to worry about. That that's I mean, it's invaluable to so so to speak. 
Yeah, you know what? I will agree on Kyle's end, the level of like every time that he'll be like, Ethan, something's wrong, and I just say, I, I will fix it. Mm-hmm. There, That's completely fair. Cause at no point can he fix it, too. So at no point do I need him to be worried of like, uh, I don't know, Kyle. We're just going to figure it out as we go. Uh, you want to start pushing buttons or moving things? If Kyle's mic is too hot, I'll tell him to adjust it. That's actually a good point you bring up. There's, there's a bit more in control I am. I must be that I've finally hit that level that you said that comfortability that uh now i'm just bullying you come the comfortability of um of doing it long enough and doing it when i'm tired and doing it early in the afternoon or doing it late into the day that is like oh i know exactly what i need to be doing and i love that you bring up you know the 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 minute breaks having to diagnose and things you know we're at an event typically you know Mm -hmm. outside of baseball and softball and volleyball there's a clock football and basketball there's a clock they have x amount of time to get x amount done well we have that as well. The only difference is our clock starts when theirs stops. Yeah. That's when we kind of have to get into get get going because yeah. a lot of the time during live action, you know, you have to be very careful with the things you're doing mm-hmm. and, and kind of the attention to detail, especially on site. You know, even the best play-by-play guy, you've got to be focused on the action and and the and the stuff in the studio. You just have to hope that the that people are kind of carrying their weight, so to right. speak. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's just funny. I love the analogy you bring up, Ethan, because in a sense. We don't have, you know, you punch in and punch out. We don't have those, so to speak, in live events. But it's like you said, when things get go fast, I mean, you got to go. You got to be ready, ready to rock and ready to diagnose problems and then fix them on the spot in order to be able to move your broadcast forward and to make it, like I said, the quality product that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's rather. There's a what was it when Lance was explaining it to me, he was. It, it all opened up once when uh, I was offered to take the board with with me and drive Kyle to, way out to that. <laughs> what? Where was that game at? Man, it was outside of Austin. That yeah, was the Stephenville was, Faith wow. game. Way, that's a, that's a it was ways. Stephenville Faith Nights. Yeah. I was told to drive out to an event with Kyle. It was like an all-day drive type of thing. We had a big, long conversation on the drive there. A much shorter conversation on the drive back because Kyle didn't do his homework that day. No. Um, wow. But it then was... I slept after that. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, I was I was very appreciative of Ethan McCartness around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, then I went, and then I took the board and I went to Morgan Mill. For it was just all event hours on my end, and then Lance was like, "You know what? Do you want to just start doing board op stuff? Do you want to try this out? Because uh, what was his what's his name? Not Aaron? Is that Aaron Young? Yeah, Aaron st- uh, stopped doing board op stuff for for a reason we don't have to get into on the show. Uh, he just conflict of of uh, a bunch of things." And so it opened up the spot for me to do board hopping, and Jarrett was going to be the secondary. I stepped in as secondary, and we've just been doing this sort of mm-hmm. ever since, an mm-hmm. athletics contract that I hold up. That's my nether- my next second job. I've had a, a plethora of second jobs on this show, as the audience possibly knows. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but that's really where it all kind of got started was just like one long drive with Kyle, actually. So it's actually wow. it's very, very fitting that you be the first person from athletics over here on our show, on the show. I mean, I tell everyone in this industry, a lot of it has to do with getting lucky. Right place, right time. You know, I, right. I've, I've been in those situations a lot of the time. I've known a lot of great broadcasters who, I don't want to say it's stalled out on them, but they, so to speak, kind of are in that career purgatory in a way. I know people when I was growing up, who they were kind of look like they were ascending up, and yeah. before you know it, either the jobs will dry up. And you have to remember, it's a very competitive industry. The one, right. you know, the play, not even just the play-by-play industry, just the sports industry in mm. general. It well, it, every you were telling me once about the like the catering that you'll get at events, the salary that you can get just for working a thing. I mean, you're uh, working sports. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, think about how many things in life really Biggest and, and, entertainment. And and, and and I know, I know that in a sense, you can find problems with everything. But how often do you deal with like work issues when you're covering sports? I mean, think about it. Like, you, you, everyone's going to deal with bosses that they, that they you know, right. even if it's a boss you love and enjoy. You know, we, we're lucky enough. Y'all are lucky enough to work under Lance. I'm lucky enough yeah. to work under Casey and Byron. But everyone, you're always going to come to come to a head with your boss. That, that mm-hmm. always happens. But when you look at it, when you're doing these kinds of things, radio and sports, I mean, what is, are usually the problems? It's not, you know, an income tax statement that got refiled <laughs> wrong or dealing with HR issues right. in an insurance company. I mean, you're getting to be hands-on doing live entertainment events. Right. And, I mean, these are the kind of jobs that people covet. And, and I, I talk about the opportunity. There's a magic to them. I, there, There's a magic there, there to is, these jobs. There is, and that's why, you know, I, I've, I've kind of chased this. Uh, since I got out, I graduated from college in 2015, and, you know, uh, 
it, it's something, there is a certain kind of rush, and there is something about it. In, in, in a smaller way, it's kind of like being an actor or, or a singer in a way. I was about when, to ask if you it, had taken any improv classes because you seem to be able to like really get it out. It's it, in, 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 I, That's the thing is, don't get me wrong, those, mm-hmm. are, those are much more, I don't want to say tougher jobs, but in a sense, when you look at the structure, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you miss your window on acting or singing, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of done. Right. I, I know kids that have kind of gotten into whether it's not necessarily play-by-play sports reporting in college, learning that's something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. There, there is kind of a certain—I don't even want to use the word notoriety. There is just there's something just about sports that just kind of pulls people in. I yeah. feel like, and especially the kind of like the, the the journalists, the reporters, the play-by-play people, the board ops. Like you just want to be a part of it. You know, it's not your normal everyday cookie cutter eight to five. You know, clock in, clock out. Go home, dread going back. I mean, mm. there's just something to it, and like I said, it's all it's about being patient. There's a and there's there's a luck to it. I, mm-hmm. You know, I I was fortunate enough to be in the spots I was in to get every single job I've had. I have not gotten a job because of a resume since I got out of college. Yeah, wow. they've all been off relationships. They've been off people I've known being directed to the right places, Networking. working hard, and and I and and that in sports, I, that's the one thing we talk about. Me and and Byron Anderson, who's the voice of Texan football. Your resume in this industry, it, the the further you get down the road, the less important it becomes. Yeah. And 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 th- and that's what I also love about this field, and uh, a reason that I want to stay t- at Tarleton for an extended period of time is that the relationship building, the mm-hmm. ability to kind of get rooted in, to know everyone, and to really build that kind of connection, you don't find that every day. Mm-hmm. And 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 here in Stephenville, there's something unique going on here. I think with the Division One transition and with athletics, the university, you know, uh, a great president under Dr. Hurley. Now, I mean, it's just a really fun place to be at. And like I said, a lot of it has to do with opportunity and luck. And I feel like I've just got a lot of it. I, I feel like there's an abundance of it on <laughs> yeah. my front end, and I just feel very fortunate. And um, and once again, that's twofold. I feel like y'all are in a very good spot too here at oh, here at KTRL definitely. and KXTR. You know, under great leadership with Lance and and a radio station that is continuing to flourish. And that's one thing I, I want to point out too. Athletics is a huge driving force here. I know that it's something. It's a partnership mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. KTRL and KXTR are very proud of. But y'all station goes so much deeper than that. There's so <laughs> much going on here beyond that because I feel like it, sometimes athletics is kind of you know that 800 pound giant in the room from yeah. a sense. It does. Just, yeah, I, mean, it, I, mean, I mean, think it's of big. Athletics it's big. does feel like a bit of a, of a looming presence it, whenever they get involved. There's like, oh well, now athletics is here. It's a big event now. Where mm-hmm. else? What what other event? And and once again, this is this is me purely from a number standpoint, a yeah. statistics standpoint. I'm big on being able to show me facts, show me evidence. Yeah, what, I, what the, I can back that up every. Time Kyle is in doing a game or play by play, he is every every bit about numbers of the game and the math behind it. Very what, fun. What other event, and not even event, what other body, you know, student body, where else are 15,000 people showing up other than Memorial Stadium? Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, and it doesn't make the football team any more important than it does the band, the Plowboys, Pankus, any of these things. If right. anything's, it, it's, it's kind of. I feel grateful. Athletics feels grateful for the sense that we have that platform. Yeah. And 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 I know that KXTR and KTRL, you know that we like I said the partnership is something y'all covet, but man, when you look at all of the great opportunities, you know, especially outside the this COVID world we live in right now. Mm-hmm. Once once the the doors are kind of kicked down once again, I mean, from concerts that are hosted on campus, you know, y'all have a terrific group of DJs here. There's a great yes. uh, you know, a line, lineup of talk shows, all these different things <laughs> and, and you know and and having seen it firsthand at TC, I told Lance this and this is me speaking honestly. You're not going to find anyone that will that takes pride in their alma mater like I do. I love TCU deep down. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a frog through and through. There <laughs> are there are there are a number of things this radio station does at a higher level than KTCU. And and Thank and once you. and once again, I I, and, and and once again, I'm very close with the co-managers over at KTCU. I went to school yeah. with Jeff Craig, who helps run the radio station over there. I'm very close with his partner Janice McCall. They have been doing great things, updating their equipment, but it's very antiquated over there in, in mm-hmm. certain ways. And some of it's had to do with previous, you know, le- leadership over there. Um, mm-hmm. And and they're stepping in now to try to bridge those gaps. But I walked in here the first time I did a football game to help co- to help uh, as as a radio host, uh, studio host, I should say, for the opener, not this previous football season, but the one before when we went and defeated Stephen F. Austin on the road. I walked in here and looked at that board, and I said, "Dude, that's not sure anything we had at KTCU." You look around at these studios, I mean, they're state-of-the-art. These are things, and these are little things that get overlooked. 
Mm-hmm. Go go around the state of Texas to other college radio stations. Go across the country to different radio stations. I mean, yeah. the campus radio stations are severely underfunded. Yeah. Because and, and and it's something that's yeah. hard. It's something for someone like me. It, it, you know, it, it it hurts. But I'm someone who can acknowledge the fact that people say radio is a dying industry. And in a sense, it is, but it's as alive as ever on college really campuses. Well, here's the thing. It, it, it is. is. Here's the thing. Like People like to say that radio is dead because we've got podcasts. We have access to um, television media. We have all of these things. However, online news, online mm-hmm. news all mm-hmm. of the, you know, I get a lot of, I hear a lot social of students media. say I get my news from Twitter. Exactly. Yeah, social yeah, yeah. media. I get my news from these these people. The problem with those being, and I've, I had this argument with Lance once. I was like, Lance, if I can do a 30 minute morning and 30 minute afternoon podcast that's released twice a week, why would I ever, like, why would I ever want to listen to a radio? And he's like, instantaneous information. Mm-hmm. In the ability to broadcast live to everyone, all they need is a receiver, completely free to listen to. Yeah, that's why the that's why we still have the American Broadcast Association's emergency, uh, emergency alert things. Uh, the emergency alert system still comes through radio. You don't get you get that on TV sometimes, but you're going to hear it first on radio. If you ever need news, you're going to hear it on radio. I had the and don't want to talk about luck. I had the luck of hosting a live counting of the ballots for president of the United States this last election mm-hmm. by being on radio I was able to give updated information as everything came in something that a television show yes if it was doing live but you would need access to those channels right. already right. with radio it's completely free instant access to information and still the word there are two words that just has no one in advertising and, and you you would appreciate this from marketing the words drive time Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have everyone yep. captivated. You have a fully captive audience who is looking for something interesting while commuting to work for that half hour, one hour long when drive. Everything, when everything, when something huge happens in... Turn on the radio. Yeah, you turn on the radio. Oh, if there's a storm or something, you turn on the radio. Yeah. During Emergence, COVID, emergency you turn on the radio. Turn on the radio. During COVID, we we would be giving people out information in Stephenville. This restaurant is closed. Walmart closes from this time to this time. If you are looking for these resources, you need to go here. If you need to pay your water bill, it has been the location for drop off has been moved to this different mm-hmm. location. The you know city hall is closed. This building is closed. Please stay you know stay indoors during these times. The, everything is closed. The news channels were just barely catching up, and we were on the forefront. We all had, we all had a different in, in journalism beads and whatnot. Information and accessibility with radio is where it's at. Entertainment, I totally get what you're talking about. I hear it of like, I don't want to listen to the radio. It's a dying thing constantly, and yet it it's stays strong as still the largest provider of information for the entirety of America at minimum. Well, I'm going to bring a sports analogy in for Do you it. all. And, and I know Ethan's <laughs> probably heard Do it. Cole, I'm, I'm going to see... When, if I referred to someone's ceiling and their floor, would y'all know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so Kyle. so so <laughs> we're talking we're talking we're talking we're talking about a, a star athlete that, yeah. that's okay. that's in high school. Yeah. His ceiling would be viewed as how high he can go. Uh, like, yeah, like, so like, I understand like, what you mean. Like now. like like, mm-hmm. like a you know a, a uh, kid yeah. a kid that is just a phenomenal baseball player at yeah. Stephenville High School. He could go play and be a starter in Major League Baseball. Right. His floor is probably gaining an athletic scholarship somewhere uh-huh. just, just just to get his college paid for. Right. So here's what I think that a lot of people don't realize. The ceiling for all these podcasts and all these things online, they're, they're through the roof in, yeah. in a sense. Like Downloadable. Bar, Barstool Sports is a great example. Those guys, yes. those guys yes. literally have made themselves millionaires off of just sitting around and shooting the breeze with, with their uh-huh. with their homies. That's what they do yeah. about for a sports. Living. Literally, throw in right. some advertising, some people that want to do that, yeah. and they've created their own platform, some marketing, their own money some maker. products, some some social media memes. You're this, good. The ceiling is so high, but here's the thing: the difficulty of reaching it mm-hmm. it grows by the day because the internet is. is so it really is. saturated. It, it it's saturated with everything. How many true crime podcasts are there? Sports podcasts, fantasy football. D&D. I mean, you, there, there's there, yes. there's stuff. Every it, hobby has a podcast. Everything mm-hmm. and and those continue to grow so your audience continues to shrink because there's only so much ability to consume mm-hmm. these things as us as individuals free time so is this a minimum so, so here's my thing ethan the, the ceiling for radio 
it's lowered in recent years just yes. because of all the different, you know, whether it's li- listening to music. You can always kind of counter one of these things. Music. True. You got Spotify, Spotify. You got Pandora. You got, literally, I'm one of, I'm, I'm one of the, the dorks that literally just pulls up YouTube on my phone. If I just want a no, song. No, no, yeah, no. no. And, and I go to hey, that. Hey, hey. that you, you, no, YouTube you, music you, YouTube yeah. music is a, it's yeah. a real thing. It's, I've it's, seen it's, it. So, and so. Come you, on now. You, you've, got, you've got all of these. So, yeah, your ceiling is lower. But I, I'm going to challenge it with that the floor it's never going to get as low for radio because no. it's established. Yeah. It has a foundation, and that frequency, that plays such a large role. Because uh-huh. the thing is, is here, here's the great thing, is somebody just in the state of Texas, grand scheme of things, KTRL is not a big radio station compared, compared to some other no. places. We have 100 but miles, here, here's, here's Texas what it is. is huge. Yeah, here's what it is, though. It's, exclu- it's an ex- exclusivity to it that the yeah. Internet doesn't have. Now, yeah, you have your pay-for sites and all of that, but That's true. anyone can get them. If you want to listen to KTRL, you better be within a 100-mile radius. Yeah. And, and so I, th- I think that that's one way to kind of view it. And, and, Ethan, the flip side of it is is people going, well, what if you don't want to just be the floor? What if, you, what if you know, how do you want to continue to try to reach that ceiling, expand that ceiling, maybe get higher than other radio stations? Mm-hmm. It's so comparable to this Division One transition yeah. for, for us. In this day and age, it's adapt and adjust. Yeah, that's what you have to. You have to find if, if you don't if you don't feel like your platform is kind of moving the needle, find a new one. Mm-hmm. Find I think, a, find, I think find radio a, has been doing adaptability. Yeah, from absolutely. The very beginning. Uh, well, and, and in my in my line of work, do you know what they're starting to do all over the place now? I'm I've seen I'm seeing it uh, with post game interviews here with the Charlton Sports what Network, and, and then with at TCU they're doing it throughout the game. They are setting up cams with the play-by-play guy. So mm. what they'll do is, is it, you know, just the ones that I've seen at TCU, the examples, is they'll, their social team will send out a shot that has the play. It's, it's got a half screen. Yeah. And on one half, it has the actual play that's happening, the quarterback hitting the wide receiver with a touchdown. And yeah. then it's showing my mentor, who's the play-by-play guy, it's showing him as he makes the call of yeah. it on the field. And so it's finding new ways, you know, like – and that's a great example. Who wants to listen to the game on the radio right. when you could be watching it on TV? And I, and once again, we're talking about people that I grew up and learned from, and I'm even guilty of this. There's times mm-hmm. where I don't want to turn the radio on, or we're just flipping on the TV. That there's, you know, it's just kind of a different way to digest the game. Yeah. And in certain instances, that's the way I would like to do so. So that's a big part of football. That is a yeah. visual how, game. How does how does the sports how, how does the TCU Sports Network, the Charlton Sports Network, how do they find a way? To continue moving forward and, and adjust to the times, right? And make it a product that that in a way is different than the one they've had in the past. Yeah. It, it, and and it's a quality one still. You're not just mm. adding things to add things. No. You're adding things of substance that bring an extra kind of layer to the broadcast and helps you move forward. I you might be rather excited about this. We made the announcement a couple of weeks ago, but the we had a podcast competition for mm-hmm. students to enter. Uh, into into our sort of a, a choosing list of we would help them produce six episodes and they would be hosted here on uh, Charlton Radio, Radio Network. Network. Mm-hmm. And the winner of that was uh, a very specific uh, Cody Vinoy, baseball player. There you go, catcher. You know him. Cody you Vinoy, know him specifically. He player. wants to do a Charlton Sports podcast journey of the texans journey of the texans mm-hmm. is the name of it we're putting together the account right now i believe on monday we're going to have our first so let me ask I, I, don't, and set up. I don't mean to cut you off I, I i asked though because i'm curious is this kind of an encompassing where you're looking around tarleton athletics or is he trying to bring different student athletes on to chat student athletes student athletes okay. which is something that tarleton just hasn't had yet and yet we see uh i've i've personally trying to be, like find like that guy did that play. I want to see like what this player is all about. Like, getting interviews with students specifically, moving up to D one now is the perfect time to try and start this. We feel there's you know he has he's he is uh, Cody specifically is an intern. Um, I believe he's on the intern to learn program, but he's right he's directly underneath the person who writes out all of the. Um, yeah, he's in our internship program. Yeah, he's, with, he's with, a, with the Charlton Sports Network. Exactly, Absolutely. he's with the Tar- He's with the yeah. the Sports Network uh, as an intern, and he's been wanting to do sports journalism. And he's taken almost all of the prerequisite classes for it specifically. An amazing pick, an amazing chance for Tarleton, Tarleton University to finally be. We're D one. Here's all of our student athletes going into D one, only because there's a, a recent thing. My younger brother he plays um, baseball for. Uh, uh, Texas A&M, Texarkana, 
And I told him about coming here for D1, and his immediate first response, like, he says, and I, I talked to a couple other guys, and his classic first response is, D1 is just burning your first four guys, your first four years of, of athletes. All, if when you when you make that move up, they they have no chance of immediately winning. They're not going to win a bunch of stuff. You're just immediately burning them. I'd rather stick to a D two school where I get my scholarship. And I feel yeah. like with this podcast, we have a really good way of walking through and being like, these guys aren't burned out. These guys are literally building it. Yeah, and, and, you know what and, I mean. Well, and it, it's it's kind of twofold because right. I understand from the standpoint of. The, as an athlete, you're a competitor. Yeah. You want to go win championships. Mm-hmm. We're ineligible for those for four years. We have to go through our transition period before we can even compete in the Western Athletic Conference Tournament. And don't quote me on this on the record. I believe women's basketball and no, men's basketball. Turn off the recording. Yeah, I know. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, th- I think, and, and this isn't just us. This is across the country. I think that they're trying to get it to where after two years, mm. you can compete in your conference tournament. You can't take the bid if you win it because, obviously, if you win your conference tournament, you yeah. get the bid for the Western Athletic Conference to go to the NCAA. It would then either go to the regular season champion or whoever earned the berth alongside you in the championship game but you're allowed to compete in the, but, in the yes, first level yes that that being said nothing has been passed nothing's been finalized on that front that is something right. i believe that is being explored um uh and that's kind of just word of mouth things mm-hmm. that i've heard i haven't even heard from any coaches or anything specific on that um but there is that once again it, it's a tough pitch mm-hmm. it, because part part of the division one move is that man one day we might see Tarleton basketball in March Madness. You might be able to fill that out, put them in your yeah. bracket if you mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. And you um, don't get that for four years. Lance and, and, and I it's, were talking about that. There's a chance that like if, if one of those goes off, it just explodes. And it's and that's the thing. It's it's tough because it's kind of a, you're kind of in a waiting period right mm-hmm. now. And it's not just the athletes. You know, over over in athletics, you know, it takes us. It, it's a lot of fun having gotten to go to regional competitions and having watched Lone Star Conference tournaments in mm-hmm. the past. You know, you want it for the student athletes. It's fun for the it's fun for the staff as well. Yeah. But the flip side of it is, Ethan, and, and it's what you talk about. You get to be a part of the foundation, and exactly. I and I mentioned this now, and this is. There's any two minutes to clip off and give to, to you know future athletes, and this is coming from someone who watched it happen firsthand. When I started going to TCU athletic events in the late 90s, they were in the Western Athletic Conference. Amon Carter Stadium, which now is housing between 45 and 50 for every important game. I mean, it's filled to the max for these Mm -hmm. Big 12 games, for all these non-conference games. I mean, it is a one-off event. There are six one-off events for football where it is just, I mean, it's it's a spectacle. Mm -hmm. In a sense, it's from the tailgating to pregame routines with the band, the team. You know, they literally, there's a section of it where they literally have the frog walk where it's just our guys going from one part of campus to the other and there's fans greeting them as they come in. Like, wow. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's become that in, mm-hmm. in a sense now. It's kind of similar to Point to Hawk, kind of, if you've, been to, if you've been to that whole thing here on game day. I remember when it was a 45,000-seat stadium, they'd be lucky to get 22 in. Right. You got kids who were, I mean, $10 tickets, $5 uh. tickets. Do you know how much a licensing fee costs in the lower bowl now? Not not to buy the tickets, just to get your name on a ticket, a seat, so you can then purchase the tickets after the fact. Right. Licensing fee at TCU is $25,000 per seat right now wow. in the lower bowl. To, for a family of four, just to be able to say, oh, we haven't bought our tickets yet, which are then going to run you probably, and, and I don't know the numbers of this, probably going to run you about ten to 1200 a pop on top of that. Yeah. You're talking $100,000. I mean, really think about that. That's a lot of money for four football tickets. I mean, you could put two kids through Tarleton State for that. For a game. For yeah, yeah, for for, for, for one for, game. For, for for one football season just to get your to get your name and and you know, I've watched it grow to what it is mm-hmm. now. And there and here's my point. The guys that played in 2002, 2000, the boys that set the table that were winning in the WAC, mm-hmm. who then won in Conference USA, who then won in the Mountain West, who then went to the Big 12, they're as welcome back now as the guys that are playing in uniform. Currently. Those guys in uniform, they they enjoy sitting and chatting with those guys more than anything. Why? They set the table for them. Right. Without them, they can't get to where they are now. And so, you know, the Cody Vinoy's of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you look over at football, the Devin Haffords, the Stephen Duncans, you know, mm-hmm. but prior to them, even the guys that were D2, Ben Holmes, Amari Manning, these, these cats that were, you know, kind of big names at D2, who helped push it forward, and mm-hmm. these guys now that, you know, and it's tough too, Ethan, you know, yeah. I, you know, and, and this isn't, you know, I'm not going to subject it to one program. Every program has had its ups and downs this year. 
but you're going to lose some in this. This is a big transition yeah. to move to Division One against these programs that are established that have been playing at this level. The first couple of years are tough. This is true. They're really We've tough. Had... But if you stick it through, if the, the ones that stick it through, they're going to be as well remembered as the ones who are playing Tarleton football in 2031 yeah. and 2041. And I'm not necessarily saying that you're going to go on the same trajectory as TCU. You know, those those are singular. The TCUs and West Virginias of the world that have found their way. <laughs> Those are just so unique in, in a sense. And I don't even mean the money and, and the quote-unquote prestige. It's just timing and circumstance, too, with a lot uh-huh. of that. And realignment, that has so much more to do than just the institutions involved. Would you involved. say that it's it's another circumstance of luck, just like how you got you got a lot of your sort of standings and where you are and moved well, to? Well, in, in a way, well, you know what? I'll use a great example right now. We sit in the Western Athletic Conference, position of strength right now. We're about yeah. to transition in five new members next mm. year which we are then hoping, because they are all football members, that will push us to our th- our eight required members to form a football conference. You have to have right. eight teams that play yeah. at the NCAA level in order to form a conference. Right now, us in New Mexico State and Dixie State are having to perform as independents because we, we don't have a league to affiliate with. Yeah. We're whacking everything we're, else. We're missing too many. But but you get those five schools on, and once again, I'm not sure if the official groundwork's been laid. That's your thought process, though. You add mm-hmm. those five in, you get to your eight. This time, two years ago, some people on the national scale would view the Western Athletic Conference as kind of the chance. You're, you're kind of rolling the dice there. You know, yeah. There's not a ton of stability, not this and that. But I've watched Jeff Hurd, longtime commissioner of the league, has just done a phenomenal job by adding Tarleton, adding Dixie State, finding these other schools, isolating them, and getting them the kind of deals, getting them the kind of, you know, the, the regional ties he needs. Yeah. Now all of a sudden... You've gone from two years ago when it looked like, you know, everyone here on campus is going, man, we want in the Southland, we want in the Southland, we want in the Southland. And then Dr. Hurley comes in here wheeling and dealing and says, no, if the Southland doesn't want us, we're going where we're coveted. Mm-hmm. We're going where we're appreciated. We don't. If y'all got three or four schools that won't vote yes, you know what? We've got seven who will. Yeah. Alongside Dixie. So if y'all, if y'all don't want to pull the trigger, the Texans will go elsewhere. We make our move. Now, all of a sudden, you fast forward two years. Now... You got Southland schools that are migrating to the WAC. Now all They're of a sudden moving. now all of a sudden it's the WAC that's operating from a position of strength. Yeah. And so when, when you look at it, it, it really It's like five it, D chess. It is ta- it, it is take it is it is finding your window. We mm-hmm. we had our window, we got our opportunity, and now it's making the most of it. So mm-hmm. while some person some people would go, Well, the kids for the next four years they're just wasting their time. They're they're not gonna get to they're play burned. for this. They're not yeah, they're not gonna get to do this and that. Well, that's how you see it. Right. I see a great opportunity to help lay the foundation for something that then you can come back and continue to be a part of yeah. 10, 15, 20, 25 years. We just had the 90, uh, the 92 Legends team uh, on the field for football mm. at one of the last games. Oh, cool. They, they, they're the ones who transitioned us to D2. Right, those guys. We brought them back, and, and they had they had so much we, fun out yeah, there at the game. And every everyone who follows with sports thinks nothing but the the highest of those guys. And those guy and those guys are telling stories about you know the old facilities they had. You know all those stories you hear from you know the the eighties and nineties generation. Well, we right. we only had this and that to change in. We, yeah. we I remember when the facility looked like this. They walk into a twenty six million dollar athletic facility. Mm-hmm. It's got a three million dollar video board. I mean. They help do this. Yeah. And, and and once again, we hope that in 10 years, these cats that helped usher us in with this eight-game schedule that had to fight through this COVID spring mm-hmm. and just wait and just yeah. get their opportunity and play the through. The strangest season. I hope they come back Honestly. in 10 years and that the other side of the stadium matches the Lon Reisman Athletic Center, Ooh. and which which is the which is the plan. That'd be crazy. I, I hope the baseball guys they're gonna the baseball guys Cody Vinoy he's gonna get to play on. They're putting four million dollars with a right now. They're planning on putting four million dollars yeah. with the renovations into football next year. Oh my goodness! Or into, into baseball, baseball. Pardon me, baseball. Pardon me. So you're gonna see some immediate improvements. Yeah. Thank Doctor Hurley. That man ain't playing. Mm. Like at, like not even remotely. He's making he's and, and making you, statements. And 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 you uh, you have someone in that's wheeling and dealing like that, a go getter like that, mm. alongside someone like our vice president of intercollegiate athletics, Lon Reisman, who knows the blueprint of this university backwards and forwards. Who is and I tell everyone one thing I love about him running this, and it makes us different. There's so many, you know, kind of political figureheads running athletic departments mm-hmm. these days. You know, when I was at TCU, we had a great guy named Crystal Conte who was just phenomenal at Rice. I mean, one of the top don- donate- donor raisers in the country. A- a- you know, his ability to bring money in is remarkable. Did his tenure at TCU, 
moved on to the University of Texas. Yeah. Once once kind of all of his challenges, he'd knocked all the doors down. And then we went and grabbed his right hand, Jeremiah Donati, who I cannot speak higher of. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. But these guys, they never coach. They were never in it. Mm. They never they never sent their guys out there. They had to game plan to go beat somebody else. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying the importance of these gentlemen. There's a reason that Chris Del Conte is the highest paid athletic director in the country now in right. Texas. I mean, the, the, the guy, I mean, it was incredible to me the way that he could remember singular student-athletes' names in a, in, a, in a group of however many. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah, the guy that took over, he is a terrific fundraiser. And doesn't take away from Lon. Lon Reisman, our, our VP, is terrific at that as well. But what I love about Coach is he is hands-on enough to where he knows what's going on in all facets of his athletic department, mm-hmm. but he's hands-off enough to where he's not micromanaging. He is allow- he is allowing people to do their job, but he wants to know there's a level of accountability at all fronts here. Yeah, you only get that with a basketball coach, a head basketball coach, someone really? who has done it. I mean, once again, you have everything is so structured, and that is something when you look at these kinds of things like our pro forma going from Division two to Division one, which has to do with staffing. He's on top of all of that. When it comes to setting budgets in a COVID year with a transition, can right. you imagine the challenge that brings? Lack of hiring. Having someone who Funding has, I freezes, mean, the, this, this is where I tell everyone, and I, think Co- and I think Coach would say, too, you know, we're talking about somebody who spent, you know, a lot of what would have been the formative years as an mm-hmm. administrator being the men's basketball coach. I think Coach would be the first one to say that there are things that I can learn from others, but there are things that a lot of athletic directors could learn from Coach. Yeah. About you know the, the you know the devils in the details. Mm-hmm. No details get there overlooked was, uh, in athletics here, and I promise was, you that. And lots I have a big there reason was a why. Story I was told, and that for some reason it's pulling me back to Boy Scouts. But there was a basketball mm-hmm. coach who he came in, and this it's a famous story. You might be able to tell me the name. I only know the story of the first day he came into coaching these these uh, these student athletes. The first thing he did, he took everyone to the court. He had everyone take all their socks and shoes off, and then he explained and worked with each of them how to put their socks on properly so that they wouldn't get any sort of chafing or any blisters while they were playing the game. And then he taught them how to lace up their shoes because the details mattered so much. You needed to get those down so much. Is that story No, I can't can't recall the story, but like I said, that's part of being a basketball coach. I mean, and and, and once again, I mentioned, in a sense, I think that coaches as... I'll look it up and see if I can find it. I was going to say that I think that in this kind of transition... During a COVID pandemic, we wouldn't ask mm-hmm. for anybody else running this athletic department mm-hmm. because he is very, you know, he is very detailed. He wants to know what's going on with all these different things. He wants to make sure we're doing things by the book from a yeah. compliance standpoint, from an academic standpoint, and then athletically from that standpoint, wants to be competitive in everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a strength we have right now in athletics, um, you know, that's balanced nicely with Dr. Hurley. You know, I think that. That's something else that we have to point out, you know, in athletics is that we're very appreciative of everything that him and Kendall do for us. I mean, we're we're in a place where, you know, it's a critical time during the transition. We need mm-hmm. to kind of bridge this gap correctly. If it hadn't been any easier for him to navigate through a COVID year than it has us. But we've been allowed the opportunity, you know, to kind of take a priority. over the, uh, Since his tenure began, Doc has done a great job of making sure that athletics is taken care of because – while we don't feel, you know, like we're more important than the radio station or than band, pank, student orgs, student right. affairs, like all these different things. I mean, we do believe like our platform is important right now during this Division One transition. Us getting onto ESPN Plus, us being able to put up billboards inside the Metroplex, being able to use athletics as kind of a driving force to not only make our athletic department stronger, but to make our university stronger. Well, and I think Dr. Hurley's done a terrific job strategically being able to help us plan that. Kyle, I would like to say that um, perhaps it's not that everyone is. What's more than likely the feeling is that all eyes are on you. Everyone yeah. is paying attention to athletics right no. now because you are taking a big leap. And I do have to cut you off now. You've had a big pit. Yes, Cole? I have a question, actually. Oh, I know we're talking. I, I'm sorry. We might no, go no, over go But I, I know ahead. we're talking a lot about D1 and the football team and stuff. But what are we doing with women's athletics? Like, are we giving them the same opportunities that the boys are getting? Absolutely, and I think the mm-hmm. the big part of that, we just hired a terrific new compliance, uh, Associate AD for Compliance, Eric Heyer. 
um, was a cheerleader at BYU, has a law degree. He's terrific. Like he, you want to talk about somebody who is on the ball with everything. All, all of our, you know, all of our T's are crossed and all of our eyes are dotted. We're making sure of those things. He has someone under him, uh, Rob Woodcock, who's our director of compliance. And yeah, I think the platform, you know, in a sense. Title IX's critical. Being able to give our ladies, you know, this last offseason, we just got softball. They updated their uh, – the one thing I'd been hearing about for years, and it was kind of the running joke, was the ladies in softball were just like, can we just get a locker room with AC? That's all we want. Yeah, yeah. They just set them up in the horticulture horticulture building, and that thing is nice, Cole. I'll tell you, you go take a look. Like, it, it is a state-of-the-art deal they've got in there now. Um, that's where they move them but, to. Well, and, and that's that's the other thing, too. I talk about baseball's improvement. Softball will be right behind them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, it's, I, I mean, we talk about the women's side of thing. I keep preaching about football. Volleyball mm-hmm. finished 13-11 and 11 in their first year, and that's, talk, that's starting 1-6. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Schindler, until of our transition, because she was the senior women's uh, uh, administrator for a little while, but then as you make your transition, you have to trans- transition out of those things, the Division One level. And uh, Sherry Spellmeyer, who runs our academics, does it now. She's terrific as well. But we're talking about somebody, Mary Schindler's one of the, when I look at leadership and I look at stability and all that, I mean, she is this, from a kind of female power position, I mean, mm-hmm. she she has kept her program, this transition is tough for everyone. She's bridged mm-hmm. that gap as well as anybody has. The crowds have been terrific out there. I think that as we move forward, you know, everyone's going to benefit. You know, mm-hmm. everyone is. And, and the, the one thing I really love about our women's programs here, and uh, I, I apologize for not adding my good friend Ellie and Douglas Moran, who coaches the tennis team, into this little analogy here, but they they are born and bred here. Mary Schindler played for Tarleton. She's been coaching for Tarleton now since the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Misty Wilson played for Tarleton in the late 90s into the early 2000s. She has now been here since then coaching, transitioned from the assistant to the head coach. Isabel Jimenez, who is with the golf program, she was a two-time All-American here. Now she runs the Tarleton Golf Program. You know, even with softball, nice to hear. softball, Tana Huey, she's one of the assistants. She was an All-American here at Tarleton. So the one thing that stands out to me and that, you know, the women's side, it's very exciting, is that you have a lot of Tarleton ladies that are helping move this transition forward. And if anyone can pitch this university, it's them. If anyone can make sure that we're being accountable on these things, it's going to be them. And then you add in, I, I mentioned my friend Eliane, you know, we're talking about somebody who is not a Tarleton product. She came from the University of Washington, a Power 5 program, who brings a lot of experience from that front, who transitioned in from Lance Drake, who had been running the program for years and years. And so there's a stability on the women's side. And like I said, I have told people, the, the job volleyball did, starting 1-6, being able to turn around, they beat TCU twice this year. <laughs> they played Texas Tech really tough at home. They ended up evening out while they finished with a 6-8 and eight whack record. Chicago State had a weird deal in their schedule where technically those games were not counted as whack games. I tell everyone, though, in my book, you won as many games against Western Athletic Conference competition mm-hmm. this year as you lost. That's a victory mm-hmm. in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, in football, we got to give them kudos with a 5-3. and three. It's a tough schedule this year. It was tough for them to get some big, some big boys on the schedule because, number one, those are done so far in the future. And, number two, the big boys are bagging out because of COVID. Yeah. TCU, for example. Can't risk it. Yeah, TCU, for example, who we've got a future deal set up with. I'm not sure if Penn's been to paper, but preliminary discussions have been made. You know, they wanted to move that game forward, but COVID pushed everything back. Of course. And so, you know, Mary... Look at how she scheduled. Look at how they competed. Mm-hmm. Volleyball can be as proud of this. For I, I tell everyone, when it's all said and done and the smoke clears, they're probably going to be the ones that did more with less yeah. in this whole thing. And and so, no, Cole, and, and, I, and I, love, I love that you asked that question because I've grown to have an appreciation for women's athletics that I did not used to have, and a lot of it has to do with just not being exposed enough. Yeah. And, you know, the for, there was a former – famous maybe probably the most famous basketball coach in the history of the game John Wooden who was at UCLA for the better part of four decades I think and I think he won it was double digit national championships he's won more than anyone has by far he used to say all the time he likes watching the girls game better than the guys (laughs) said it all said it all the time he said the way they play the game fundamentally is more the way basketball should be played especially now in this day and age Mm. of shooting threes from the parking lot, throwing right. alley-oop dunks and all that. It, basketball is so different than it was when I was growing up. The women's game hasn't changed much, though. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. And there, there, there's there's and having followed that, having gotten my five years of women's basketball under my belt, I've had I've grown to have an appreciation for volleyball more than I've ever had, watching those ladies. I watching, play volleyball. And, I love and, it. And, and, I love and it. so 
I think that there, I've grown to have more of an appreciation, not only as I've gotten to broadcast these, but I've gotten to be exposed to these remarkable young ladies that are involved mm-hmm. in our athletic department. I mean, Tarleton, you could, I couldn't be more proud to be affiliated with these ladies. And, and really, all of Texan Nation, you know, they, they should feel very prideful in the fact that these are the ladies that are representing this university right now because they're doing it in a very tough time. And uh, we hope to be able to give them the platform moving forward uh, that each and every one of them deserve. I, I hope to see that, too. I'm, I'm glad that Tarleton is acknowledging the ladies because it's super important. I know there's huge stuff going on, specifically in soccer. My fiance is big into soccer, so we pay attention to that. But in women's soccer, huge stuff is going on with trying to get them uh, the same ranking that they need. Yeah, you know? absolutely. The, and, the and, ranking that they really deserve. And we're, we're adding women's soccer. We're looking for our uh, our inaugural head coach right now here wow, at Tarleton. That's here, exciting. Oh, here at Tarleton. Ooh, it's it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. You're talking to somebody who broadcasted soccer at TCU for three years. And now, mm-hmm. now, we're, getting, now we're, bringing, we get one. we're bringing it to Stephenville. I love, love it. it. And the one thing that I really want to point out, too, and, that, and, and, you know, kind of leading into what you were talking about, to me, and this is just individually, and and it's it's broken my heart because of COVID. Mm. It's been a lot of the ladies that have seen their sports go by the wayside, and then mm. the and then the men follow because of Title Nine. It's it's a funding issue mm. with, with, with this sure. COVID stuff, and it, and it breaks my heart because here's the extra layer to it, and this is why this is a hot take of mine, oh. and and Do we I have- believe I believe four years of athletics in college it's more valuable for the women than it is for the men, and here's why. These ladies worked their whole lives for these four years. This is it. They, yeah. they, they, how many, how many ladies do you run into that are going to be softball players that say, "Yeah, I want to take this. I want to play for Team USA softball. I want to go play mm-hmm. professional softball." It's hard to get. How, there. Ma- how many? How well? And and but but beyond that too, you know, it's a different mindset for ladies at times. You mm-hmm. know, like co- it, this this four years they view. I don't want to say that they think it's more valuable than the guys do because I know plenty of male student athletes who are like, "No, dude, the while while this you watch it. you watch me on the floor getting the degrees, the important part." I'm not, I am not devaluing that away from the men at all. Yeah. What I'm more saying, though, is generally across high school competition, and this this spans all the sports, the ladies, they're just trying to get in here, man. They're trying to get their school paid for. They're trying yeah. to move their craft forward. Whereas how many guys... That was the that was the running joke that my oh, no. uh, one of my one of my mentors at TCU, uh, Chuck Lemondola, who is the voice of the baseball program, he told told us this all the time. Mm-hmm. Every single one of the pro TCU baseball players are going pro. You didn't know that? <laughs> ask them. Ask them. They'll tell you. They'll, right. they'll tell you. That each and every one of them. That's their goal. Yeah. Their goal was to get on, get into a camp when yeah. they're done and try to move it forward. Right. The ladies they want to go get their nursing degree. They want to go get get their communications degree. They want to go do their business degree. They want to go do all these different things, and and I, I th- and that's kind of to me more than a point or you know anything along those lines. It's more just it needs to be stated of the fact that you know. And I love that Cole asked the question. Is that to me the ladies at the collegiate level? They're more valuable mm-hmm. in in a sense because. Yeah, it's about dollars and cents in a way. Like that's how we we go in athletics. We have to, you know, it, we're by no means a for profit, but you have to, you have to meet your bottom line right. to fund everything and to do all of that to make sure everyone gets to play their sport. But but to to me, the ladies they have the true college mindset. They appreciate it more mm. in in a in a sense. Not not this lady appreciates it more than that than yeah. that male. But I felt like as a whole. That a whole lo- program, that yes, whole side yes, of it. Yes, and and once again, not to just lump them all in, you right. know, because that that would be wrong to say. But I, but you know, having seen all the things I've seen, you know, knowing the this, the female student athletes I knew in college, watching mm-hmm. the ones here, and then being exposed, you know, to you know the the, the male student athletes, there's an appreciation they have for just being here at Tarleton and just getting mm-hmm. an opportunity to represent the university. And you know, I, I agree, Cole. They, the the ladies they're going to be a huge, you know. Women's athletics here, they're going to get every bit they're due moving forward as the men do because mm-hmm. they. If, if you don't think they're as important to steer the ship as the men do, you're sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, they uh, – just just anecdotal evidence to add on to that bit. Um, they, are, they were traveling like crazy this last season. Kyle, you went with them. Was it, was it yeah. the volleyball game or the bas- women's basketball game where you were in Seattle and then all of a sudden you were right back to Texas? Oh, I mean, it, in just a couple of days. Oh, I mean, the the, the women they crammed that COVID year in, man. Oh, I mean, it it's so cra- it's games. crazy. I mean, just from the beginning of the, 
you look back and all these, I mean, I traveled this year alone, Beaumont, Texas, uh, to Oklahoma to, to Oral Roberts, went to Gainesville, Florida to see the Florida Gators, to see us play the Florida Gators, Vegas for the holiday tournament. You go in January to Seattle. You go in just in the month of February, we went to Chicago, Phoenix, and El Paso. I mean, you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and, and all, how, all women's and, basketball. And, and this and this spans both sides of it. The Fighting everyone at their house. The, the men's, yeah, the men, seriously, yeah, the the men's and the women's. You know, the dedication it takes for these men, these young men and these young ladies on the road to be able to stay disciplined and stay engaged with their classes and do all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and they, and that's it's a critical time for us. You know, I mean, there's there's all these different when you look at the transition. I mentioned you have your pro forma you have to meet, which are staffing requirements. There's academic requirements now. Yes, you you have to you have to meet you have to meet higher academic academic performance ratings now. You have to make sure that you're not only recruiting solid athletes, but that student comes first. Right, student, that, right. the athlete. student athlete, and now you you've got to make sure that that you're getting the right kids not only to represent represent you on your respective quarter field but also that's going to rep- represent you correctly in the classroom. There was a statement Hurley made at um I think it was to f- the the tailgate that I had worked at. There was a one the of the, home- the first homecoming, homecoming, yeah, homecoming. And during homecoming week, the first uh tailgate event Byron and Casey did a 1-hour pre yeah. sort of pre-game Tarleton game day. Exactly. Tarleton game days uh pr- um live production and Hurley was on there and he made a big statement. He wanted to make a hu- a big his whole point of like that entire segment that he was on for was that we were the first ones to come in with I believe a 3.0 uh, average GPA on our football team that that was a big deal that we have a lot of we got a lot of we have a very smart student team yeah was was if I'm remembering right I could be totally off base here but I think that like uh, a, a sense of pride that Hurley was trying to make was that like we were they're good students and the, they're also good athletes these four these four years set the foundation for the next forty mm-hmm. that's the way I've that's the way I've always seen it you know yeah. the, the the things you learn right the people, here, right the people now. you meet. A piece of paper you get at the end. It's it, it's it's an important part, but I mean, it's all the things that the that these student athletes are learning from these coaches, these great leaders that we mm. have. You know, um, the, the the relationships they're building with with their teammates. You know, being able to have relationships with the fans, the the, the other students in the student body. I mean. They're invaluable. These are things that are going to set them up for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like I said, it's it's. It's kind of a multi-layered deal here with this transition. There's things you're not getting, but there's also so many things you are that you're getting now at the WAC with the WAC and transitioning to Division One. That you know th- those were not opportunities that were available. And the other thing too to remember on this, and I draw the comparison, and I, and I I don't like comparing TCU and Tarleton in a sense because they're just so different. Mm-hmm. They're 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 just from student body to funding the the cities they're in. I mean, you, they can't be more different. Well, we both have the T and the U and a lot and, of purple. And, and yeah, I was about to say my 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 <laughs> right. my wardrobe transitioned nicely. That's the one. That's the one thing that I. That's the one thing that it's pur- I have. It's purple and white, right? But th- this is yes. what I, this is what I also tell everyone is that of course TCU athletics it it boomed once they moved to the Big Twelve. You win the Rose Bowl. You do all of those things. Mm-hmm. The quality of the education has gotten better from a notoriety standpoint. People around the country know who TCU is now. Right. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to get to the same level overnight or the same level overall. I think that that's what makes this so unique and exciting is that we don't know where this is going to go. It's going to be the hard work and the dedication of our athletic department and our university that's going to. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm blessed to be where I am. I'm glad to be. One, I'm proud to be one of the people that's helping roll their sleeves up and do this thing, man, mm-hmm. because it's a it's a great opportunity. Um. This degree that you guys, you know, have are going to get, it might be more valuable in, in 10 years because really? of this transition. Mm-hmm. It could be because, it, it, sure. it, because it, you know, you never know what bit, what office you walk into and, you know, someone, you know, let's say that in 10 years the basketball program takes off like we are expecting it to. Yeah. And you pull off one of those huge upsets during March Madness week. Uh-huh. That could bust some CEO's bracket across the country that you could interview with down the road. Somebody and then he picks your paper up and he goes, oh, dude, you Tarleton went to Tarleton? State? I remember when y'all beat Kentucky or y'all beat Arkansas or y'all beat North Carolina that one day. Y'all screwed my whole bracket up. Or, yeah, or, I was or, there for that game. Yeah, or, you know, for another great example, football, when we played McNeese State on the 13th of February, mm. 
That was the only Division One football game at any level that was going. Yeah. If you were in, if you were in Vegas, and the reason I put it in those terms, I was in Chicago at the time, uh-huh. and we stayed when we had to rebook our flight. We stayed across from a casino, and my buddy that I was uh, staying with just mentioned that he goes, "Yeah, man, if if you know." Uh, Someone wanted to go across the street and place a wager right now, and you wanted to bet on football. You got one one yeah, game you one, can bet on. One, tar- one of two teams. Game. Tarleton's in that game. One of two teams. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. We're, yeah. on, we're, we're on sports. All eyes on us. And and while the end of that game did not go as we would have liked, we got on Sports Center that night. Scott Van Pelt had it on there, you yeah. know, because Ed Orgeron, who's the head coach at LSU, just won a national championship two seasons ago. Right. His son uh, ends up running in the game-winning touchdown here. Yeah, it sucks. We wanted to win the game, but end of the day, it's like, dude, you're on ESPN right now. Yeah, Sports that's that, that is the kind you cannot. There put are people a, who pay for this network. You cannot which we are put on. you cannot put a value on the kind of notoriety and kind of the eyes mm-hmm. that see that. And so, you know, it's the, the transition. It's just giving. There's so much opportunity available mm-hmm. now. I think for not only athletics, but the entire institution of Tarleton State University and. Uh, like I said, I'm just I'm very very blessed to get to be a part of this right now with a great group of leaders who I know are going to transition us in the correct way moving forward. I would say very well spoken this entire this entire episode, Kyle. You you're killing it. Extemporaneous <laughs> to, spe, extemporaneously speaking, this is the definition of it right here. Right. I I don't know how many notes you had prepared for this this little episode, how much of the scripting you had set up, but Whatever you didn't have set up, I couldn't even tell. Well, it was it was almost perfect. Just remember this, Ethan. Like always, no one gets my information without you. So <laughs> <laughs> I brought it to the people again. There you go. Yeah, Look it's at all me you, go. Man. It's all you. If you enjoy an uh, audience, if you enjoyed Kyle Cruz talking uh, on sports, or you think you just you just think he has a very handsome voice, you want to listen to him talk about softball. We have two softball games going on tomorrow. That'll be uh, April 9th. Uh, you, you can listen to them here at KTRL. 90.5, or you can also listen on the one of two live streams, one of which will be on tarleton.edu. Uh, I'm sorry, tarletonsports.com slash live, I believe, is the live stream there. You can also listen to it at tarletonradio.com. That'll be uh, KTRL's live stream uh, address that we go to. It's broadcast live the exact same time, of course. We don't want you to listen to it or watch it on the TV as we just had that big conversation about radio being a thing. So please do uh, give a listen. Kyle will be doing both softball games. That's going to be a big one for you. I'm sure that will hey, be very fun. First first Western Athletic Conference softball games uh, at home in school history. Fantastic. And uh, Mark Kumpion's squad, they've been working hard. You know, they uh, – Coming off a big win against Dixie over, over the weekend, a fellow transitioner. So, um, you know, everyone everyone needs to come out and support mm-hmm. the ladies. And uh, yes, if you can't, please. If you can't, be sure to tune in right here yes. at 100.7 yeah. KXTR. Tune in. That way we uh, we get the numbers for you. You get to listen to what we're talking about right now because every single step made uh, for this season specifically is going to be affecting everything coming next every single every single win is can, is a victory that just compounds every loss is something that is going to be genuinely learned as a lesson i could i could literally see or hear rather while listening doing board off games for women's basketball certain certain movements that were just changing game to game I could hear the coach, you know, early on, we would we would talk, Kyle and I, of like, are we getting a coach interview after this game? No, we are not getting a coach interview after this game. That was a bad one. As we move forwards, we're definitely getting a coach's interview. Coach is loving it right now. They are learning. They're figuring it out. We are. It's a it's a moment of growth for uh, for Tarleton Athletics, and I genuinely hope that all of you can come in and listen and be there on ninety point five KTRL tomorrow afternoon, uh, as of the time of this release. Um, or, if you need to, you can head over to TarletonRadio.com, listen to it from your computer, laptop, iP- iPad. Kyle, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Cole, uh, <laughs> fortunately, we uh, kind of had a we had a big a big showrunner, a big name come no, in. No, it's and fine. I enjoyed the, the conversation, for he really, sure. He really kind of talked the whole episode, didn't he, Colt? Jeez. <laughs> uh, no, Kyle, we, <laughs> we genuinely enjoyed you. I wouldn't have emailed you and to asked you to come on the show if I wasn't prepared, knowing you already, <laughs> that this was a possibility. Uh, I just wanted to say with uh, Cole, yes. you have two releases coming out yes. for your show, Making yes, Space, Making a Diversity Space. Dialogue, next Tuesday on uh, April 14th. 13th. Uh, 13th, sorry. 
Uh, It is going to be an episode over being adopted into the Cherokee Nation. You have an interview with a student where this actually happened. Yes, yes. She was adopted uh, as a young child into um, a family who was Cherokee. Uh Uh-huh. And yes, then, super interesting. Really, it, really enjoyed it. There was a lot of drama about this episode, particularly on the production side, and so I'm really curious when this comes out. I haven't been able to hear it. It's good, but I want to see. I, like I want to see what ends up uh, coming of that because there was there there was a lot going on in emails and a lot of me talking with Cole, <laughs> being like, "No, it's like totally fine. Do it. Have them fight each other. I want to uh, see no, it." No, no, let's not have people fight each other. But, we'll have to talk about that next time. <laughs> but uh, speaking on, we can definitely talk about that next time. And there is going to be a new live dialogue as it's the beginning of the month for the uh, Autism Acceptance Month. There yes. was uh, two speakers. This was a live dialogue recorded by the diversity of. The Office of Diversity uh, Inclusion. Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to listen to that, you can both head over and find both of them at Diversity uh, Making Space, a Diversity Dialogue, Cole's podcast yes, on you. Tarleton Radio Network. I had a bunch of speaking points, but we don't need to get to them anymore. The show is over. I'm going to start raising this up and doing the outro. Y'all are free to hang out if you'd like, or you're, you're uh, welcome to leave. i got to talk with the audience, though. Listeners, viewers, we come to a close on this year's episode. If you showed up late or wish to revisit us, you can find this show on our YouTube channel at Tarleton Radio as a video or listen in on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. For updates about the show and other interesting things we, uh, we make here at the station, follow us on all the links in the description. We'll have a new release link for and a new RSS feed for the Journey of the Texans podcast. We officially have a name. We're working on setting up the separate yet joint account next week with Cody. He'll more than likely be on the show next week if I can get him free in the afternoon. Baseball schedules are notoriously difficult to work with. Uh, This has been your episode of Cruising the Planet where you can find something to do in and around Stephenville every week. This one specifically, listen to the games tomorrow. If you can't make it to those games, there is one happening next Tuesday uh, in the afternoon that I am board hopping, I believe, or there is one happening Saturday from... I believe uh, noon till whenever the game ends. It's a, uh, I, ha- I have the list right here. It is a softball game versus California Baptist. So we got three softball games coming up, and then we've got a baseball game against TCU. Look at that, Kyle. Nice. Now you have to pick your favorite. Wear your best purple on that day. That's, that'll be my recommendation. <laughs> Uh, If you have any questions or suggestions, you can always ask them in the comments or as a review of the show if you happen to be able to do that. And that is everything. I'm going to turn off all the mics now, but we will see all of you people next week. Bye, guys. Kyle, thank you for coming on. (laughs) Appreciate y'all having me.